Welcome back, everybody. Today is Wednesday, the 28th of June. I'm Mike Jones, your friendly foreign agent, here delivering the Foreign Agent Podcast. Let's get straight into some of the latest rumors swing around. Not just the Western media, it has to be said, including quite a prominent Russian telegram channel, Ribar. A New York Post has picked up the story where it claims that top Russian general who knew about mutiny plot now missing amid rumors of, quote, interrogation. This is referring to General Sergei Surovikin, uh, who uh, released a, a video about the time of Wagner's so-called coup or rebellion, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it claims here that General Surovikin, the ruthless one-time leader of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, was last seen telling the Wagner Group mercenaries to stop their uprising in an uncomfortable appeal likened to a hostage video. I think they're saying that uh, because he had the token uh, automatic weapon on his lap. Uh, which did seem there for sort of theatrics. It goes on to say, quote, and this is quoting Ribar, it says, quote, it is not known for certain where General Armageddon is. There is a version that he is under interrogation, uh, the outlet claimed. Now, again, Ribar is actually quite a large and well-respected uh, channel on Telegram. Ironically, you'd have thought that perhaps they'd also be asking this question of General Zeluzhny, but uh, for now, that appears to have escaped the New York Post's notice, and certainly Budanov as well, head of the uh, GUR, the military intelligence in Ukraine. Uh, if we go on, Sergei Peskov has actually addressed some of these rumors. Uh, Peskov commented on negative publications about Surovikin, the, the press secretary of the president of Russia, Dmitry Peskov, commenting on the negative publications about the general of the army, Sergei Surovikin, in the light of the events of June 24th, noted that there would be many more speculations and gossip and suggested that this was one of such examples. Quote, Now there will be a lot of various speculations, gossip and so on around these events. I think this is one of such examples, end quote. Peskov said, responding to a request from journalists to comment on the information that appeared in the media, the General Surovikin allegedly knew about Yevgeny Prigozhin's plans to start a rebellion. And then uh, the article goes on to give you a background of what we all know took place. Moving on, the Russian armed forces uh, struck at Kramatorsk. Uh, this is being reported in RT. The loca location of the command staff of the Motorized Infantry Brigade of the Armed Forces of Ukraine was hit. Now, last night, there was a bit of a stir caused because uh, the situation was somewhat confusing. Uh, apparently, there was a strike by a Russian missile. However, it was claimed and reported that there was also a strike by a Storm Shadow missile in Kramatorsk. Uh, the Storm Shadow missile reportedly hit a gas station and caused a lot of damage. However, at the same time, which added uh, some confusion to the situation, there does appear to have been a precision strike by a Russian missile. Of course, all of it was... Uh, blamed on Russia, including the Storm Shadow missile hit, which, of course, uh, the Storm Shadow caused uh, chaos among civilians. But in some of the video footage that came out, as I reported on Telegram, uh, there was English-speaking, uh, what have been called tourists. English-speaking tourists around there. But one of these tourists just so happened to have a U.S. Uh, Ranger tattoo of the 3rd Brigade or 3rd Battalion, and do forgive me there if I'm slightly incorrect, but it was a very prominent uh, number three in a sort of diamond shape, a very large tattoo 
on uh, this chap's arm, which has furthered um, speculations about who these people are. Were they NATO officers? Hence the strike, the precision strike by the uh, Russian military. Lavrov has today been quoted as saying that some countries send troops to Ukraine under the guise of mercenaries. Uh, Moscow has suspicions that some countries are sending professional soldiers to Ukraine under the guise of mercenaries. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said in an interview with the Big Game program, which was published on the official website of the Foreign Ministry, quote, there is a suspicion that a number of countries under the guise of mercenaries are sending their regular military personnel there, end quote, the head of the department said. According to him, there are a huge number of foreign specialists in the conflict zone. At the end of May, Defence Minister Sergei Shoigu estimated the number of mercenaries fighting on the side of Kiev at about 2,500 people. Moscow has repeatedly reminded that armed activities against the Russian military will be stopped and groups of foreign mercenaries will be defeated on the battlefield. And sure enough, we have seen precision strikes that have caused uh, horrendous damage to these assembly camps. But whether or not there was this meeting in Kramatorsk yesterday, which therefore became the target of this Russian strike, uh, we don't know uh, quite for sure, because as I say, the whole situation has been complicated by what is reported to have been a strike by a UK-slash-French-made storm shadow missile. Estonian Prime Minister has promised a surprise on Ukraine's membership in NATO. This is referencing Estonian Prime Minister Kallas, who promised a surprise on Ukraine's membership at the NATO summit in Vilnius. Quote, I am sure that the only guarantee of security, for Ukraine that is, that really works is NATO, Kallas said, adding that she did not want to, quote, spoil the surprise in any way, end quote, at the Vilnius summit. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, responding to the remark of the Prime Minister of Estonia, said that it's too early to anticipate the results of the summit. According to him, the summit will make decisions on long-term practical support for Kiev, as well as on strengthening the alliance's political ties with Ukraine. Earlier, Stoltenberg said that NATO is focused on the results of military operations of the Ukrainian army. He stressed that the condition for any discussion about Kiev's membership in the alliance should be the victory of Ukraine. And my question would be, well, what does that look like? Because if they're still gunning to retake Crimea, then uh, that may be a bit of a tall ask. Uh, Over in Sweden... It's being reported in Russian media that once again, an immigrant uh, from Iraq this time has held an action of burning the Holy Book of Muslims, the Quran. This is the second instance. The first was protesting against Turkey, allegedly, from preventing Sweden from entering NATO. But in this, in this case, an Iraqi migrant staged a Quran burning rally in the center of Stockholm, according to TASS, whose correspondent witnessed this demarche. 37-year-old Skovan Momika tore out several pages from the Holy Book of Muslims and set them on fire. It's noteworthy that hundreds of onlookers and dozens of journalists from both Swedish and foreign media watched the action. However, only one person tried to prevent the act of vandalism. A man began uh, throwing stones at Momika, but he was immediately detained by the police. After the end of the action, which lasted half an hour, everyone dispersed as if nothing had happened. Well, the allegation goes on further to say that the Swedish police actually allowed this action due to uh, a decision of the court prior. 
In the spring, the police refused to allow this. Uh, Law enforcement officers have now relented due to a court decision, according to which a good reason is required to refuse to hold a public meeting. I guess that's what this is being classed as. The event may be cancelled if there's a threat of violation of order and security. So presumably the decision was taken that the man throwing stones uh, was therefore in violation of order and security and assaulting the man that chose to burn the Quran. Of course, this uh, incensed Turkey at the time, and I'm sure it's not going to win any favours with countries such as Chechnya, uh, the leader of which, Ramzan Kadyrov, met with President Vladimir Putin on Tuesday. Uh, the Chechen leader met with Putin, as reported by Ria Novosti. Apparently, they were talking about the socio-economic situation in the Chechen Republic. Uh, however, if uh, we're to be a little bit cynical here, we do know that Ahmad special forces were deployed to Rostov-on-Don around the time of the Wagner stunt, so I'm fairly sure that they didn't just stick to the topic of socio-economic relations in the Chechen Republic. Uh, today, it's also been reported on June 28th that uh, authorities reported the death of 14 soldiers during the attack of saboteurs on Tavolzanka. Uh, this is in the Belgorod region, where another attack by Ukrainian saboteurs has been repulsed, with the death reportedly of at least 14 soldiers, it claims. Ukraine clearly still probing and causing issues there. Zelensky has called on the Rada to legalize cannabis. Uh, and you, I'm not joking here, but he actually claims that drugs are good to get over the horror of war. This is as printed in Ria Novosti. Let me go to the actual quote, quote from uh, Vladimir Zelensky. Quote, all the best world practices, all the most effective policies, all solutions, no matter how difficult or unusual they may seem to us, must be applied in Ukraine so that all of our citizens, Ukrainians and Ukrainian women, do not have to endure pain, stress and trauma due to wars. In particular, we must finally, honestly legalize cannabis-based medicines for everyone who demands it. And let's be fair, he does say cannabis-based medicines for everyone who demands it. So what's classed as a medicine? Um, one can just, I don't know, that would have to be legally defined, wouldn't it? Zelensky also added that it's necessary to conduct appropriate scientific research and the drugs himself should be produced in Ukraine. I hope that he is volunteering himself to be one of the testers because I'm sure he has all the experience required to let us know just how good the, the stuff is. Uh, moving over, it then says that the West is preparing a diplomatic defeat of Russia. And uh, Ria Novosti asking the question, where will the main battle be? The United States and the European Union are pursuing a coordinated policy to pull the BRICS countries to their side in the Russian-Ukrainian conflict. President of France is going to attend the organization's summit in South Africa. This is, if you recall, Macron was asking for a seat at the BRICS table. Russia did respond to South Africa and say it would be inappropriate to permit Macron to do so. Uh, but we shall see what will go ahead there. And talks were held in Washington with the Prime Minister of India. Will they be able to achieve what they want? At the request of the Ukrainian authorities in Copenhagen, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and... Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Newland met with those who remain neutral in the conflict between Kiev and Moscow. According to the Financial Times, the Americans talked, among other things, with representatives of India, Brazil, China, 
and South Africa, the founding states that created BRICS together with Russia. They were received at the Danish Foreign Ministry. No agreements are reported since the event was informal. According to Reuters, the, quote, basic principles of peace, end quote, were discussed in Ukraine. At the same time, the German TV channel ARD reported that an official meeting could already be held in Brussels in July. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi visited the United States on the same days. It's noteworthy that in 2005, his American visa was revoked because Washington believed that he, as the head of the state of Gujarat, was oppressing religious minorities. In 2014, Modi headed the government. The ban was forgotten. And nine years later, they even organized a high-level visit. Uh, Biden talked to him for about two hours. I wonder if that's because he kept forgetting what he was saying, but uh, let's do go on. After that, the heads of state spoke to reporters. They noted the increased tension and destabilizing actions in the East and South China Seas. China was not mentioned, but the hint was clear. We expressed our readiness to cooperate in space exploration and high technologies. The settlement of a number of trade disputes was also reported. To me, this does sound like uh, someone was trying to grease someone's palms there uh, with certain profitable uh, offers and deals. Modi refrained from directly criticizing Russia, but pointed out that India is not neutral and is in favor of a peaceful settlement of the conflict. Quote, this is the era of dialogue and diplomacy, end quote. He stressed, all countries must respect international law and the sovereignty of other states, the prime minister added. On that, uh, Lavrov said that Russia can no longer rely on agreements with the West, specifically even legally binding ones. Uh, the minister noted that many countries, after the speech of Russia's representative in the International Monetary Fund, Alexei Morzhin, uh, at a meeting of the fund, began to ask the question, what if the Americans don't like our behavior tomorrow? According to Lavrov, these thoughts will force every self-respecting state that wants to exist on the basis of its traditions, to follow the example of Russia and seek sovereignty in key areas on which life of countries depends. That's uh, actually quite uh, a fascinating quote there, which I think lends in to what we've heard from Modi here and uh, other countries that are looking on. The key point, uh, if I may go back to the BRICS talk, is this role of South Africa. Uh, it does appear that there are some concerns, let's say, perhaps uh, from the Russian side about how South Africa will act. We know that the foreign minister of South Africa has criticized the EU for bully boy tactics and whether Newland and her cookies can manage to sway the South Africans. Uh, we shall see and results there. Let's move on to a little bit of economics here uh, regarding central banks. There's been a lot of it in the West, a lot of concerns certainly about the U.S. economy. Uh, if we go to the Bank of Russia, for the second time now, they've given a signal about the imminent increase in the interest rate. The interest rate has remained about the same now for, I believe, nine months. At this point, it has been 7.5% since mid-September uh, 2022. Uh, quote, considering recent years, this is a rather long period when it remains unchanged. The rate during this time corresponded to our understanding, including our forecast of what is required to stabilize inflation near 4%. Uh, the central bank's inflation target for which it plans to exit in 2024, according to the editor there. So far, the data has confirmed this, but we see that the balance of risks is increasingly skewed towards pro-inflationary 
we see an increase, expansion of domestic demand from both the private sector and the public sector, uh, the acceleration of lending in recent months, and therefore at the upcoming meeting, the Council of the Bank of Russia admits the possibility of raising the key rate. This has been almost catastrophic, uh, if you are to believe the news coming out of the UK, as to the effect that certainly the raising of the interest rates, as, as required due to inflation, as I understand it, is having on people paying their mortgages. Over in Germany, the news gets uh, even more dire, where it is claimed in expert.ru that Germany's central bank suffers huge losses. Most likely, the Bundesbank will need the help of the state, which now has no extra money. In this article, it claims that due to the ECB and its program of quantitative easing, which consisted of buying huge blocks of government bonds of member countries of the Eurozone, the main German bank Bundesbank has suffered losses for the first time since 1979. It says perhaps in better times, the Bundesbank would have coped with the problems on its own, but the fight against high inflation, which the European Central Bank, like all other central banks, has been waging since last year by raising the discount rate, has actually devalued them. At the same time, of course, there's a difference between interest rates. Bundesbank has to pay commercial banks that keep money in it, more than it earns on bonds. Moreover, this difference, and with it the losses of the main German bank, are growing with each new increase in the discount rate by Christine Lagarde. Bundesbank president Joachim Nagel uh, began sounding the alarm back in March. Quote, last year's losses amounted to 172 million euros, he said four months ago. They were covered by reserves accumulated in previous years. Whether the president warned he could manage on his own this year with 19.2 billion euros in reserves and 2.5 billion in equity. However, in the future, these reserves will not be enough. That's about a roundup of the main news and stories that are being reported, certainly in Russian media today. I hope you have a good one. Thanks again for all your support. We're nearly at a, at a thousand subscribers Hurrah! on YouTube already. Thank you uh, for all your comments and feedback regarding certainly the new format in the podcast uh, way as opposed to videos. We shall see how long we last on this attempt. So I wish you all the best and I'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.